Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. I'm Jeremy Shear. Our guest today is Lisa Doyle, a principal at Winning Results LLC and a member of the GP Strategies Advisory Board. So let's start by having you tell us a little bit about your background and your experience with leadership. Certainly. I had the benefit of having a career in both the public and private sector. Uh, I started out in the public sector, and then I went to the private sector in consulting, and then to a Fortune 50 company, and then back into the public sector as well. And so I've had the, the benefit of learning from both aspects of those types of organizations. And now I'm using that uh, to coach executives mm-hmm. on how to be their best and optimize their their talent. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that your training in leadership actually began much earlier and that you learned a very important lesson from your mom when you were just a kid. That's true. I did. So ironically, my leadership journey did start when I was young before I ever thought about being a leader. My mom, she used to say to me, hey, Lisa, you are like the girl with the curl in the center of her forehead. When she is good, she is very, very good. And when she is bad, she is horrid. So (laughs) I must have been pretty horrid. And so as a result, uh, one day when I went to school, my mom got out her paint and her paintbrush and she painted on my wall, pretty is as pretty does. And she painted it next to my mirror where I would see it every single day as I got ready for school. And it was really her way of communicating a very important message to me, which was her expectation of me that really then became my expectation of myself. And that really involves um, respecting others, treating people with kindness, never be superficial, um, and most importantly, being genuine, sincere, and humble. So just to be clear, your mom literally painted this on your wall. (laughs) She did. She did in her handwriting. (laughs) So that's a pretty powerful lesson that your mom taught you. It was. And of course, I thought it was strange at the time that my mom would paint on my wall. And, and as you know, teenagers, they don't necessarily listen. Yep. So my mom would talk to me and it would go in one ear and out the other. But when she painted it on my wall, I heard her. And I think the important lesson that I learned from that is that by writing on my wall, she taught me how to teach other people by meeting them where they are and where they'll hear you, understand you and make the message their own. Is this something that you kind of carried with you into adulthood? Very much so. Years later, I had my own daughter. And when she was young, she was really apprehensive about many things in life. For example, one day we were going on a whitewater rafting trip and she said, mom, I'm not going. That water's too rough. I'll fall out and drown. And I said, Amy, you're going. You're going to wear a helmet, a life vest, and hold on for dear life. Uh And she did. Um, She loved it. And she screamed the loudest. So as you can imagine, one day while Amy was at school, I painted on her wall, live for your dreams, not for your fears. When she came home from school and saw it, what did she say? She knew what my mom had painted on my wall. So she she realized that this was uh, a legacy that I was continuing. And um, 
And then she really then became more, I think, courageous in life. She understood the message uh, clearly. Uh, it then became her expectation of herself to live for her dreams, not for her fears. Yeah. Well, that's cool that you kind of carried on this family tradition. I did. And not only did I carry that through my personal life, but also my professional life. So I, I had the opportunity to build an academy for the Department of Veterans Affairs, and it was full of white walls. And uh, you can imagine what I wanted to do with those white walls, communicate right. important messages, right? Right. So uh, the first thing I painted on the wall was our mission, and I commissioned a local artist to paint it in Abraham Lincoln's own handwriting because it came from his second inaugural address. And that message is really our mission, which is to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan. And it served as a constant reminder for, for all students and faculty and visitors that our purpose was to care for our veterans. This is giving me some ideas. I have teenage kids. I might start painting on their wall. I would if I were you. I'd love to know what you would paint on the wall, though. So please tell me when you, when you figure that out. Oh, well, I'd have to think about it. I might start with pick up your clothes. <laughs> well, try to become evolved to something more powerful, but that's a good start. <laughs> I might start there and then evolve towards something a little more <laughs> inspirational. There you go. I was able to continue with in terms of building the academy and writing on the wall and creating opportunities for learning for VA employees and other government employees as well. What's so interesting about this is that what you were painting on the wall, you weren't just telling people to do things. You know, I want you to do these three things because I'm the boss. It's more like inspirational sayings. You were inspiring them to be their best selves. That's why when my mom painted on my wall, she taught me that mm -hmm. really important message, which was to teach people you have to meet them where they are. You can't just tell them and you have to meet them where they are in a way that they'll hear you. And for me, painting on the wall is, is a successful method. That's a really great story. And it sounds to me like what you're describing is a particular style of leadership known as servant leadership, where the idea is that the leader, as I understand it, the leader puts the needs of others before the needs of the leader. And as opposed to maybe a more traditional style of leadership that's more a little bit more top-down, am I on the right track? Absolutely. It is so true that typically a leader is task-oriented, operational-focused, potentially directional, and that is your traditional leadership approach. Servant leadership is really about working in service to others, but there's two parts to that servant leadership. So the leadership part is creating that vision and the direction so that the team knows exactly where you're going and, and what direction to follow. And then the servant part is really working in service to them, to support them and to give them the care and feeding that they need um, to bring out their strengths and to bring out the best. So for organizations that adopt this style of servant leadership, what are some of the short-term and long-term benefits of servant leadership? I think, you know, being a servant leader means that uh, you are vulnerable. You, you show your vulnerability in a way that um, is authentic, but it also builds trust with your team and followership. And you need that. It's important that a leader has followers. Otherwise, you're not really a leader. 
if you have no followers. But yeah. I do think they do see the value in your investment in them, and they return that investment uh, in you and in the organization through their performance. Do you think that that kind of vulnerability helps engage employees, sort of makes employees feel more engaged because they you know, know the leader more as a person, like a real person and not just some remote figure who's telling you what to do? Exactly. I do think that they know you in a different way. So for example, the story that I just told you, uh, mm. did you learn anything about me as a leader? Yeah, definitely. And so I think having that framework and having a leadership, a powerful and impactful leadership story and sharing that with your team, being vulnerable enough to share personal information with your team, but in a way that helps them understand who you are as a leader, I think that allows them to be able to follow you and embrace the kind of leader that you are. Now, it would seem to me that some leaders are naturally good at this kind of thing, being vulnerable, adopting servant leadership, where others may not be. And maybe their experience or how they were taught is more of that top-down style. Mm-hmm. Is servant leadership something that you can learn? I do think you can learn it. Uh, it does take time. Um, it does take comfort with sharing personal information. But again, sharing in a way that is um, clear and concise and, of course, professional. I do think uh, that it, it does take a bit of vulnerability and that does happen over time. And it does take time to be able to both create a leadership story and, and it, it takes courage to share it. But you mm-hmm. need to take the time to do the introspective thinking and the soul searching to understand who you are as a leader so that you can communicate that to others. And now, of course, in an organization of any size, we're typically talking not just about literally one person, but the whole organization, the leadership of the entire organization. So what steps should an organization that's traditionally had a more traditional leadership culture take to transition to one where the leaders lead through inspiring and driving purpose and the things we've been talking about? Yeah, I think that's where you start is your purpose. What is Mm -hmm. your reason for being and what is your North Star? And then the way that you lead and the decisions you make have to be aligned to that purpose. And that will help you understand um, and all of the leaders to get on the same page around, is this in service to our purpose? And if not, we need to pivot and change. So uh, along that transition What are some of the common challenges that leaders face when they're trying to move to a servant leadership model focused on the growth of the people in addition to the growth of the organization? So if they've made progress really uh, becoming more servant leadership in more of a servant leadership style, in other words, um, they're really working with their teams more, they're collaborating more, they're seeking their input and involving them it's very easy to revert back to, oh, let me just tell you what to do um, because of time constraints or mm-hmm. it's, it's just easier and simpler. It takes um, less time to direct than it does to involve. And, and of course, there are times when you do have to direct and your team will understand that that's the important approach at the time. Mm-hmm. But they'll also know that 
you are investing in them and you are interested in their feedback and you are interested in understanding their goals and their aspirations and you are interested in working to develop them. And, and so it's, it sounds like this is something that can take some time and there might be some stops and starts. So it seems like trying to make this transition is a little more of a long-term play. In other words, not something that you can just flip the switch and then suddenly, okay, we're all doing servant leadership. Like it's a process. It is. And it's also part of your culture. It becomes a cultural shift within your organization as all the leaders embrace servant leadership and the approach the organization is taking to both use their purpose as their North Star and use their purpose in the way that they lead and the way that they develop and invest in their employees. So if you could leave our listeners with some action items based on what we've talked about, what would you encourage them to do? I would encourage them to think about who they are as leaders and why they lead the way they do. I would encourage them to think about creating their own leadership story based on what they heard from mine and the benefits of having a leadership story. And finally, I'm curious to hear from our audience, what would they paint on the wall? What important message would they like to convey based on who they are as a leader? Well, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. Thanks for having me. It's been my pleasure. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.